On today's Court Vision, I have on very special guest, professional basketball player Kyle Randall. He talks about his college career and how quickly he became the face of a program. And we talk about his NBA career and his journey through the G League. Great interview with Kyle. This will be today's episode. Let's go. All right, today is Wednesday, October 16th, and I have a great episode for you guys. Professional basketball player Kyle Randall joins me to talk about his basketball career and how he gets to be in the G League and what it's like to be a professional and how it keeps on getting you two teams and how your reputation carries you out through your career. Uh, it's a great interview with Kyle. I really enjoyed talking to him about his basketball career and hearing how it was just, actually just, it's a story of growing up and how well he learned the league and the business side of the NBA and the G League itself. And it's quite interesting to hear it. Um, you know, you hear a lot of stories. You know, everyone thinks basketball, you know, NBA is just basketball, but it's really a business. And it's kind of cool to hear the inside of what it's like to be a professional basketball player and like how much of a business it is. And Kyle explains that. And it's a great, great interview with Kyle. And listen to him talk about that, talk about how it is being business. And it's also interesting, too, of how quickly he had to grow up and learn to be a professional. And also, it was also really cool to hear about his college career and how he was the face of a franchise in the beginning. So it's awesome that I had discussion. I was very lucky to have Kyle on and talk to him about his basketball career. So I'm excited for you guys to hear this episode today of um, Kyle and his career and everything about him. So here's Kyle. All right, on today's Sport Vision, I welcome on Kyle Randall. He's a professional basketball player. Kyle, how are you today? I'm good, man. How's things going? It's going it's going really well. You know, we've got the nice fall weather out here in New England, so this is my favorite time of the year. How about yourself? Uh, yep, just trying to enjoy the nice day. They don't come too often around this time out in Washington State, but uh, it's going it's going pretty good today, so. That's good. Those are always nice to have those nice days. Yeah. Um, so, all right. All right, Kyle, we're going to get into it. I'm going to talk to you, ask some questions about your basketball career and uh, see how it goes. Um, at what age did you decide basketball was your sport? Uh, I decided that kind of early, man. I, uh, I started playing when I was four, um, played baseball. That was the other sport I played, but I stopped playing that around eight, nine. So, yeah, basketball became my only sport around the age nine, ten. Uh, and I kind of knew and had dreams and aspirations to, you know, be in the NBA. So I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. So I just kind of dedicated my life basically all the way up until, uh, shoot, it's still dedicated to itself. So, yeah. Uh, basketball has been it since about nine, ten years old. Wow, that's that's like early age. Was there a basketball player that you like had like looked up to or wanted to be like as as you were growing up? Yeah, Kobe Bryant was and still is my favorite basketball player of all time. Uh, but I mean, I came from a basketball family. My mom played Division One at Kent State. My dad played in college and had a chance to go pro, but decided not to, to, you know, be a family man instead. And uh, my older brother played in college. My younger brother's still in college. So 
uh, yeah, we're just a big basketball family, so it's kind of in my blood to play. Oh wow, that's that's really cool. Does your um, yeah. does your younger brother play in college? Yeah, he plays at a uh, UT Martin. Oh, that's really in the that's awesome. Yeah. Wow, that's that's really cool. So you guys all play, and wow, your whole family's just full of basketball, like you said. <laughs> yeah, man. That's awesome. So what was your uh, recruiting process like as you were um, starting to come up through the ranks in basketball? And, like, how many looks did you get at, get looked at, and how many letters did you receive? Or Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had a pretty fun recruiting process. Uh, I got more letters than I could count uh, from all different levels of schools. I had ACC schools. I had – um, Big Ten. Uh, so, I mean, the conferences kind of were all over the place. I, I actually – I graduated at 17, so a lot of the bigger schools wanted me to go to prep school before and do an extra year of high school um, before I came into the college ranks just to develop more and be a true 18-year-old coming in. But I didn't want to do that. So, by not doing that, that kind of shortened my list to – who was still willing to offer me a full ride. And uh, so, I mean, I decided to go to UNC Greensboro. They were the team that I felt showed the most interest in me. Um, one thing that I was always told going through the process was, you want to go where you're wanted. Uh, and so they really, really wanted me down there. They gave me the keys to the car to run the show, um, started every game as a freshman, every game as a sophomore. Uh, I was uh, basically the poster boy for the new direction that they were taking the program. So they had me on billboards and in all the newsletters and sent out on all the recruiting uh, material that went out to all the other new recruits. So, I mean, they really gave me a big responsibility to be the leader of the program and, you know, I just took it and ran with it, and it was a ended up being a great decision. So, wow, that's that's awesome. So what's that? What's that feeling like? Seeing your picture on like a billboard, or like seeing yourself on the brochure, like they sent the recruits. What well, What's that feeling like? Yeah, it's, it's kind of a surreal feeling. I mean, you you usually get it, or you usually don't expect to get something like that until you make it to the professional level. Um, so to drive around in your college town and see your face up on a billboard and know that everybody in that town is seeing your face every day when they drive past it. Uh, it's a surreal feeling, but uh, I just tried to stay grounded, uh, looked at it as a blessing and, you know, tried to hold on and hold up that responsibility of being the guy that everybody sees. So I just wanted to do my best for the program. That's awesome. That's that's really yeah. It's got to be a really cool feeling, you know. Like like you said, just driving around your college town and just seeing your face on a billboard, and you know that's yeah. That's it's uh yeah, it's something that you dream about as a kid, you know. But like I said, you don't really expect it at the college level. At yeah. least I never did. Yeah. And uh, when it happened, it was just like, oh wow, you know, like there I am, and everybody's seeing me, seeing my face, and so it was. It was fun to have that type of, you know, notoriety around town. So I enjoyed it. Uh, 
uh, definitely cool to see dream come true type of thing. Uh, but you know, you just gotta what it comes with a lot of responsibility. So I kind of cherish that as well too. That's that's great. And do you have like a favorite moment or a game that you, when you played at UNC Greensboro that you that always will be in your memory of like something that stood out to you? Uh, yeah, I mean, my first ever college game was at Cameron Indoor Stadium against wow. Duke. Uh, That's pretty crazy. And yeah, that was that was wild uh, to play. I mean, you always dream. I mean, Duke was my favorite school growing up, and so I always wanted to play there. And when I didn't get the opportunity to go as a player and play for Duke being able to go to a school that opened up with Duke at Duke was still, you know, like a dream come true. And it was an awesome feeling to be in there. Super loud. Fans are as crazy as all the stories say. Um, the gym is a lot smaller than what it looks like on TV, yeah. but that's what makes for that crazy atmosphere. It feels like everybody's on top of you. Uh, you really can't hear yourself think. So to be thrown in the fire basically – what it was for me as a freshman first game out playing against uh all those guys and I'm pretty sure that might have been the year that they won it uh, oh wow that they won a national championship they that had John Shire Nolan Smith Kyle Singler um the Plumley brothers were there uh they had a Brian Zubach so they had a lot of a lot of veteran upperclassmen on that team, and I'm pretty sure that was the year that they won the national championship. So, wow, that's that's crazy. So that's still that's awesome. You got to face the team that won the national championship and to face like all those guys at Duke, and like you said, it's like almost like baptism by fire, just playing Duke right away your first freshman year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was crazy, but uh, I enjoyed it, man. It was it was challenging, but it was it was fun just to go out there and compete. That's that's really cool. Did anyone like scream at you? Did you hear like the fans like calling your name or like? Yeah, it was crazy because uh, you know going. I went to school in Greensboro, North Carolina, so I mean we're really only forty minutes from Duke. So when you're going out there in layup lines, and all of a sudden you're looking in the stands at people yelling at you, and I saw people that were in my class at UNC Greensboro, like fellow students and people that were in my class at UNC Greensboro in the Cameron Crazy student section. So, I mean, that was kind of crazy to see. Yeah, man, it was wild. But just to, that just goes to show how deep those, you know, Duke and UNC fans go. I mean, it doesn't matter what school they go to. If they grew up watching Duke, grew up watching Carolina, um, they stay true to who they are, and they still go cheer on their team. So. That's that's great. That's been really crazy. Like, yeah. hey, don't you go to my school? Just like look at someone. Yeah, yeah. It was it was wild, man. It was wild. I was like, yeah, I definitely just saw you earlier this week in my history class. But <laughs> that's 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 really wild. Um, so, is there a reason why you ended up transferring to Central Michigan, or was there? Um... Yeah. So uh, the coach that. I committed to and that recruited me there. He ended up getting let go in the first part of the season during my junior year. Mm -hmm. And so the new coach that I took over, Wes Miller, who's still there now, uh, and he's done a 
great job of, you know, elevating the program and taking it to new heights and stuff like that. But at the time for me, me and him just didn't see my role in the team uh, as, as the same. I wanted and felt that it should be something else than what he saw. And with him being the head coach, I mean, he had the last say, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so I, we just – it was just a mutual thing basically to just kind of move on. And it was really honestly a smooth transition. There was no, nothing negative going on, nothing, anything malicious like that. It was just, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. I feel like it would be best for me to move on. And UNC Greensboro helped me in any way they could. Uh, they allowed me to still use all their facilities, um, to train while I was down there because I stayed. I had to do summer school before I transferred. So even after the season, when I decided to transfer, I was still down there and they let me use the facilities and everything like that. And I still can go down there and use facilities as well. Uh, me and wow. the athletic director, Kim Record, we, you know, we had a great relationship when I was there. We still have one to this day. Uh, I actually just talked to her a couple, like two months ago. Um, so, I mean, we still have a relationship. And so, yeah, UNC Greensboro was a second home to me. So, I mean, I always have love for that place. So, I just, you know, you just grow apart sometimes. And that's just how the business goes. And uh, ended up working out for both parties. I mean, UNCG has done a great job since I've left. Um, they've won more games, gotten to tournaments, things like that. And then when I got to Central Michigan, I ended up having a great uh, senior season. So, I mean, it worked out for both sides. Yeah, I was going to say, like, is, was there any other schools that you were attracted to before you transferred into uh, Central Michigan, or was there a specific reason why you chose them? Um, is it the coach, or was it just you know, the style of play? Um, I mean, yeah, it was a little bit of both. I mean, I wanted to – when you're being – when you're a grad transfer, um, it's hard to go – to teams and have the impact you want to have when teams are established and, you know, have upperclassmen already on their roster and a system already set in place. Um, Central Michigan had, they didn't have that. They had a new coach, a whole new coaching staff coming in. Uh, and the head coach used to, he won coach of the year in the NCAA before he coached the uh, pros he always had an up-tempo style offense that showcased guards and played fast and shot a lot of threes. So, I mean, it was just the right fit. And I got to come in and be the leader right away. Um, our lineup was, I started with four other freshmen around me. Wow. So, I mean, I was the only senior who started and just having that responsibility and that leadership role kind of pushed me to new levels in my game and made me better and I wanted that and they let me you know come in and do my thing so I mean it ended up being like a match made in heaven honestly uh, so it was it was just the perfect fit wow yeah that that's awesome and you you exploded onto the scene because I saw that your like your points per game had like increased uh, like from nine to like 18 when you're when you went to yeah. Central Michigan so what was that feeling like of just having like, you know, being able – like like you said, you're you're more um, the leader and the dominant. But what's what's that feeling like of just being, like, pretty dominant player in the WAC, um, the, the MAC? Uh, I mean, it was 
it was what I expected of myself. I know I had put a lot of work in and time in. Uh, it was what I had envisioned for myself to do my junior season at UNC Greensboro. Uh, and I felt like I could have scored like that mm-hmm. my junior year. Uh, just didn't get the opportunity to do so with the new coach taking over and things like that. And so going into my senior year, I just wanted to make sure that I went out with the bang and went out doing it my way and really just worked on my game all summer long and wanted to showcase that and, you know, kind of put a chip on my shoulder. I mean, even though, like I said, there were no hard feelings with UNC Greensboro, but I definitely wanted them to feel uh, like they missed out on something. So uh, that was always in the back of my mind as well. So just being able to be the go-to guy on the team and uh, be a dominant scorer in a conference, uh, it was a goal of mine, and I, I was fortunate enough to accomplish it. And to go out and be guarded by the other team's best player, you know, have defensive schemes planned for you is uh, it's a great feeling because it means it, it's showing off that it's showing you that the hard work that you put in is paying off and that other people are noticing as well. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's amazing that you were able to come into uh, a new system, a new offense, and like, you know, play at Central Michigan and be that leader with those freshman guys and have that like one hell of a season too on top of it of just being able to be that top scorer, be guarded by the best guards. That must, that, that must have been like, like you said, that's what you wanted and like all that hard work had paid off. Yeah, yeah, man, it was, uh, it was definitely a, you know, a very rewarding season. I mean, going into it, you never really know, especially when you transfer, you never know how things are going to play out. Uh, but like I said, everything ended up working out. Um, thank God it did, you know, and uh, I had a great year, which led me to my professional career because um, who knows where I would have ended up or what my professional career would have looked like if I would have decided to just stay and push through and try to earn minutes at UNC Greensboro and change my game for the new system that they had. So, I mean, uh, I think everything happens for a reason. And, you know, the rest was history after I went to Central Michigan. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree. I think everything does happen for a reason. And it's awesome that it worked out for you. so did you put your name into the draft and did you go through any draft workouts? Uh, I didn't because I was a senior. I didn't necessarily have to put it in the draft. I was just automatically draft eligible. Um, I didn't do any pre-draft workouts, nothing like that. Um, but, you know, somehow, some way, I got blessed with uh, an opportunity to go to summer league that summer with the Sacramento Kings. Um, and that was a great experience coming out of college, uh, being exposed to that NBA lifestyle right away. And, uh, it, that first year out for me really played a huge role in my development as a basketball player. So, uh, everything ended up working out, even without the draft workouts and things like that, or being invited to the combine or the Portsmouth, um, having that experience of being able to still go and play in the NBA Summer League for an NBA team uh, was definitely a great feeling. 
that's that's really cool. And like, what was the summer league like when you played in it? For I know it's like, obviously it's a like it's much bigger. I feel like it's grown so many over the years. But you know, what's it like being down there in Vegas and uh, being a part of like an NBA team? Do you guys have like that full NBA schedule of like practice in the morning, team meetings and stuff? Uh, I mean, it's not as um, strenuous like that. I mean, it, it they keep it kind of simple. Uh, I mean, yeah, we have practices on the days that we don't – that we didn't have games. But uh, on game days, we just kind of showed up and played. I mean, we had a training camp before we went down to Vegas. Uh, so that was cool just to get acclimated with the team and – run over some sets that they wanted to put in because that year actually was the first year that Michael Long was the head coach. So uh, he actually coached us in summer league, which oh, was, wow. yeah, which was cool because we're getting coached by the actual NBA head coach of the Sacramento Kings. So being able to just pick his brain, learn the terminology, learn the sets that the actual Kings were going to be running in the NBA season, uh, was fun to see and since it was his first year a lot of the Kings players actually came and practiced with us Isaiah Thomas was there uh Jimmer Fredette came and played in training camp Marcus Thornton um and then we obviously had the draft picks that they had drafted that year so I mean it was just a good experience being around that you know NBA lifestyle and being exposed to that that's 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 really cool that that you can't. That's 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 awesome. That's I can't believe that. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, man. You can't really beat it. So I mean, uh, summer league is summer league is fun. I always say, if if anybody ever gets a chance to participate in summer league, you know, cherish that moment because uh, it's definitely a great feeling just being surrounded by, you know, that NBA culture. Uh, in the summertime, it's a little more laid back than what it would be in the season. So, I mean, you get a chance to just kind of chop it up with other coaches, scouts, GMs. Uh, a lot of the NBA players from the from the teams come out and support. So you get a chance to meet actual guys on the roster and stuff like that. Um, you're also in Vegas. So, I mean, you get a chance to go out uh, and hang out and kick it, stuff like that, with people that you might not ever get the chance to do with again so I mean it's just a great experience I think uh, I had an awesome time uh, I actually got to play in summer league three years uh, I did Sacramento twice and then I played with Orlando Magic as well so I mean I had a I've been very fortunate in my basketball career so that's 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 really cool that you got the experience it three times and like you said that must be uh awesome just to be in Vegas and be with like learn you pick people's brains about basketball with the coaches and the players itself. And like you said, you go out on the scene and hang out with people you never hung out with before. Yeah, man, it was, it's, it's definitely a great feeling. So very blessed. Yeah. That, yeah, that would say so. That's, that's really cool. And, um, <laughs> what, what So after your summer league, did you, did Fort Wayne manage immediately get in contact with you or did you? Um, no, I, um, I had, I don't even know what my who my agent was at the time. I've had so many agents and gone through so many agents. Really? That's a whole yeah. That's a whole another another story in itself. Um, 
but we didn't really have yeah man there that's a tricky tricky game to play right there but um but yeah i didn't really we didn't really have much contact with fort wayne they drafted me in the in the d-league draft so i was surprised um just like anyone would be usually unless you go in like the first round where they're communicating with you um and you kind of don't know where you're going to end up um it's not the same as the nba draft um everything's online so you just kind of wait to see your name pop up on the computer screen uh uh seeing my name pop up on that screen though was still a great feeling knowing that i was wanted um and so i ended up getting drafted by fort wayne with fort wayne had my rookie year there and uh just kind of went from there yeah and you ended up playing for like canton right yeah, so uh, my rookie year didn't necessarily go as planned. Uh, it was up and down throughout the entire year. Back then in the D-League, uh, every team, NBA team didn't have a one-to-one -one affiliation. So we had, I think, four teams affiliated with us in Fort Wayne. So there was always NBA guys being sent down, which affected a lot of our D-League guys the minutes that we would play. And... I was one of the biggest ones affected by it. Uh, so I didn't really get the minutes and the reps that uh, I felt I should get. Uh, and that's just part of the business. But, you know, your rookie year coming out and going from being the leading scorer in a conference and playing in the NBA Summer League, you just have a higher expectation of what's going to happen. And so when it didn't happen, I didn't necessarily handle it the best way. Uh, I wasn't as professional as I was should have been yeah. um so me and the gm kind of got into a back and forth uh it was my first experience really you know as a adult and as a professional going at my boss you know and so <laughs> didn't go the way that i thought it would go and literally right after our conversation he pulled me into the locker room and said hey we're gonna let you go so got waved and then Went home, drove home from Indiana, got a call three days later from Canton saying that they picked me up. And so just, I was living in Ohio at the time. So I just drove on up to Canton and finished out the rest of the season there. Wow. Wow. That's, that's crazy. It's unfortunate how that happens, but at least you were able to get on yeah. the team right away. Yeah. Yeah. It, it all ended up working out. And uh, Canton actually ended up being a great place to go. Uh, I went there and the coaching staff, really gave me an opportunity to get some minutes and I played, I played pretty well there actually, uh, better than what I was doing in Fort Wayne. And so it ended up working out and uh, I have no hard feelings. It kind of helped mold me into the player and the person and the professional I am today, just going through that experience in Fort Wayne and learning how to navigate the business of basketball. Uh, that's when I really, really realized how much of a business it was was that rookie year. So, I mean, it taught me a lot about myself and about the game. So, I mean, I have no hard feelings or regrets of how everything played out. Uh, it definitely taught me early on how to, you know, make the right moves and adjustments and how to handle myself as a professional in this business. So, uh, it was cool. That, that is cool. And it's, it's interesting, too, because I, like, I've spoken to guys before and they said it's more of a business than it is just a game. <laughs> yeah, man. It's uh, A lot of people don't realize that. Uh, 
from the outside looking in. But yeah, it's definitely a really big business and a lot of politics involved. And a lot of times guys get caught on the wrong end and, you know, they're affected by certain things and that they just don't have any control over. And if you don't handle it the right way, uh, it can cost you a roster spot uh, or a training camp invite or playing time or whatever the case may be. But uh, it can definitely cost you if you don't handle it the right way. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, I'm sure word gets around too. If something were to come up or happen, that uh, it goes around to other NBA GMs or G League GMs. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and you never want like having a bad reputation is always, it's never a good thing, especially in the basketball world because it's, it is such a small world and a tight circle. Um, everybody really knows everybody in the basketball world. So, uh, if you get a bad rep, uh, it's hard to come out and come away from that. So you never really want to have a bad reputation in the basketball world. So it's best just to be professional and be a good teammate, be a good employee um, everywhere you go, no matter what's going on in your situation. That's that's very true. And I'm sure that like reputation carries through and guys are like, well, you're more reputable to get uh, a job somewhere that happens. I'm yeah. Sure. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it, it, it's played, it's helped me out. I mean, my reputation uh, has gotten me on teams and gotten me training camp invites just because, you know, I was always labeled as a hard worker, coachable, good locker room guy. So having those positive qualities uh, can really go a long way, even if you don't have the numbers or the stats to really back up how good of a player you are, just being a you know, a high-quality guy, low-maintenance guy, a true professional can still help you get your foot in the door. That's all, that's that's great, though. I mean, that, that definitely helps out, and I'm sure that's why you keep continuing to play uh, either in yeah. the league or wherever you're, you know, you go because guys hear about you, like what you just said, you're a hard worker and you're low-maintenance and a good teammate. Yeah, man. So, yeah, there's, there's, hope, for, there's hope for everybody out there, you know. Everybody can make it. You just got to want it bad enough. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's that's true. It's all about hard work and dedication and just being a true professional. Yeah. Um, what's what's the G League like? You know, what what's the G League like? Like, if for those who don't really pay attention to it or, um, you know, do watch it but don't really understand, like, the travel or what, what goes into it. Um, the G League is – it's uh, – let's see the word that I would use for it. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's definitely fun. It's a good experience. Uh, just being able to have a chance to be seen and gain that exposure every game, uh, I think that's important in, a, in somebody's career. I think everybody should at least attempt to at least give it a chance and try it out because you, there's always that chance that you can be seen by a scout or by a GM or by NBA organization because all of our games are watched and put up on, you know, online for other people to see. So, I mean, there's always somebody watching me playing the G League. So, I mean, that's a good thing. Uh, but it's definitely not a glamorous lifestyle. Uh, definitely not like the NBA lifestyle. Uh, travel is not the greatest. 
you know, everybody's arena and living situation isn't the same. Uh, I was always fortunate enough to kind of be on teams that had pretty good uh, off the court environments and arenas and stuff like that. But I do know that there were teams and players that I talked to that, you know, their apartments weren't the best or their arenas weren't the best and facilities and stuff like that. So uh, I think that now the G League is starting to figure that out and everybody's trying to pick their game up and really get into having better facilities and stuff like that. But I know in the past that it just wasn't all the same across the board. So uh, it's, it's a big grind, you know, just always having to go out and perform and put on a show and feel like somebody's watching and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's, it's tough, but it's what you love to do. Um, if, you're, if you're a professional basketball player, you take on that challenge. And, you know, you get a chance to play basketball every day and get paid for it, so you can't really complain too much. Yeah, yeah. And what? how would you, like, compare – you played in Serbia, so what was, how would you compare that to, like, Serbia? Like, was Serbia much different than the G League? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Serbia is much different. Uh, the city and the team that I played on, there is no comparison to, <laughs> to the G League. I didn't really have the best uh, – first impressions of overseas basketball when I went over there. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of a culture shock for me. And I didn't go to like a Euro Cup or a Euro League team. So I literally was on a team. I was in the top division in Serbia, but our team only played in Serbia. We didn't travel to any other countries to play. And oh. so we were on buses everywhere. Uh, didn't have a trainer. Uh, so, I mean, you really didn't get any recovery or physical therapy or anything like that. Uh, they had – they tried to, you know, help you out as much as they could. I mean, they were all great people. And I still talk to some of my teammates from there. They were all great dudes. But just the, uh, you know, the everything else that came along with it, like the facilities and things like that, they just weren't comparable to the G League. So, uh it just wasn't a great first impression for me. And then I actually ended up getting hurt over there. And so I, my season got cut short and I had to come back home and start rehabbing and things like that. So. Oh, wow. And you ended up back in the G league for Lakelands, right? Yeah. After, after my year in Serbia and I came back and rehabbed and didn't really want to go back overseas. So, um, took the G League route um, and actually got drafted and invited to training camp with the Memphis Hustle and got cut from there, but made such a good impression on the head coach. He made a call on my behalf to the Lakeland coach uh, because he knew they needed a point guard. And he said, you know, he basically just told him that, hey, I have a a kid who who's good enough to be in this league. We just don't have a spot for him on our roster. But if you need a point guard, you should give him a look. And Lakeland called me uh, literally within like two days and flew me down and just played the whole season down there. Well, the majority of the season down there. Wow. And then you go to Delaware after that too, the 87ers? I don't even know how to say it. Yeah. 87ers. <laughs> yeah, the 87ers. Yeah, I – uh. I finished out the last 10 or 12 games in Delaware with the 87ers. 
when I was in Lakeland, I developed a very good relationship with the GM and assistant GM. And, you know, I was, I wanted to play more minutes and I just wasn't getting the opportunity to do that down in Lakeland. Uh, we had a two-way player and uh, a training camp invite player that were at my position that were getting the bulk of the minutes, which, you know, it's understandable. That's not, that's out of my control. That's, you know, part of the business and the politics of it. Yeah. So, I mean, I was, yeah. I was handling it well as a professional and I was still, you know, being a good teammate and everything like that. But, uh, you know, kind of just had a heart to heart with the GM and, you know, said that I really want to play. And he started making calls on my behalf, the teams that were looking for a point guard. And he had connections to the assistant GM in Delaware. And so he gave him a call. They chopped it up. And so when I got away from Lakeland, I had known that I was going to get picked up by somebody. I just didn't know who. And so when Delaware called, uh, I went out to Delaware and had a great finish to that season. Um, I'll put up career numbers uh, for those last 10 games and, you know, play well enough to where they wanted to invite me back the following season, which was last season. So uh, it ended up working out. That's awesome. That's really cool. That's, so you've been – I mean, you've had one hell of an NBA, like, career and basketball career overall. You've been all over, and it sounds like you've experienced a yeah. whole bunch of stuff, different stuff. And, like, you yeah, know, man. it sounds like you've grown up. Like, you know, it's like a, a thing of growing up, too, in between. Like, it's awesome, though. Yeah, man, I've uh, I've been very blessed to kind of be a journeyman in this game. Uh, I had to grow up really fast, but it's always – benefited me in the long run and you know the past two years that I played in the G League I actually was one of the older guys on the team and the vet on the team so I mean I had even if I wasn't getting the minutes that I wanted or getting the bulk of the minutes uh, I still was always one of the leaders on the team and was well respected from every player on the team and they you know they listened to what I had to say and they respected me as a player and as a leader so uh, I give you know all that credit to just my experiences throughout my professional career that helped me learn and helped me become who I am and the professional I am. And so now I just try to, you know, give back as much knowledge as I've learned and gained from the game to all the young guys that I get a chance to play with and come in contact with. You know, so. That's that's great. And I think a lot of teams, you know, whether you do get those, those minutes or you don't get those minutes, always need that guy with a veteran status that's just, you know, there to be the leader and, you know, even leader on and off the court, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's just kind of the role that I didn't ask for it, but it just kind of fell into my lap the past two years. Um, and so I just took it and ran with it and tried to be the best professional that I could in that role. And, uh, you know, it always ended up working out on my behalf. I built great relationships with my teammates. Uh, I still talk to guys from both teams, uh, Lakeland and Delaware. Uh, so, I mean, I, I have no regrets or complaints about the way things played out. That's, that's great. And I, that's, that's really well. That's awesome because it all worked out for you in the long run. And like you said, you didn't expect it to fall into your lap like that, but it ended up working out well for you. Yeah. 
right. So I got I got two more questions for you. I'll wrap it up. Um, do you uh, you have a favorite football team? I do, I do. I'm uh, I, well. So I grew up a Cowboys fan. Oh man. Uh, my mom was a huge Cowboys fan. Her family is a huge Cowboys fan, so you know, just they were always on in the house. And uh, but when I got married, we, me and my wife, decided that you know we wanted to start our own uh, sports traditions and pick a team for our family to kind of watch and be fans of and things like that. So we decided to go with the Cleveland Browns. Oh, part of right. Dog Pound Nation. Yep, part of Dog Pound Nation now. And uh, this, we actually made that decision before we got OBJ and stuff like that. So, I mean, getting him now, I mean, we're excited about that, even though we, we shit the bed uh, last <laughs> week. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll adjust. We'll come back. Uh, I think that Baker will make the adjustments he needs to make. And everybody else will as well. Our defense will pick it up. So, I mean, first game of the season is always – a tough one trying to get your footing right, you know, we're not getting as many reps in the preseason and stuff like that. So we'll be all right. I still, I still think we're going to have a good year. Uh, I got high expectations for us. We got a talented roster on both sides. So, uh, yeah, Cleveland Browns. Yeah, all right. That's that's a good pick. I was going to say, I think they uh, they have a good – I mean, what do you, you think they're going to make the Super Bowl this year? you think they have a good shot at that? Uh, I, don't think we'll, I don't think we'll make the Super Bowl. I think that's – expecting a little too much for the first year and everybody being together. But I do think that if we stick together and keep this roster, that there is a chance in the future for us to make the Super Bowl. Uh, because I do think that the talent is there uh, on both offense and defense. Uh, we just all have to get on the same page and build that chemistry uh, and build that winning culture up again. Uh, it's hard to go from being really, really bad and at the bottom straight to the top. So, I mean, you definitely got to, you know, build your way up. So I think this year will be a good building year for us into, you know, the next couple of seasons where we'll have a chance to maybe make the Super Bowl. Uh, but right now I'm just focused on trying to make the playoffs. So I hope we just make the playoffs. Yeah, you guys, you know, it's it's that's a great turnaround for Cleveland. And, like, I'm happy for them because it used to be, like, I don't even know if they were the laughing stock. I think people just started to feel bad for them after a while. Yeah, and people were feeling super bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So now it's like crazy how quickly uh, in a two-year span, how quickly they turned it around. Who's your team? You said you're in New, New England? Are you a yeah. Patriots fan? No, I'm a Niners fan, actually. Oh, wow. That's surprising. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's kind of like the 90s thing, though, because um, – you like you know you you said Dallas and that kind of reminds me of like I feel like back in the nineties like growing up I think it was between like Dallas and San Francisco as we were growing up yeah and yeah, I, I sure. San Francisco was like the first team I watched win the Super Bowl so I just like stuck with them ever since and okay obviously I had yeah. the ups and downs so yeah well you you got high expectations for you guys I mean you got Richard Sherman back there on defense uh, Garoppolo's back right this year yeah. Yeah, I think I think off, I think defensively they look really great, um, and offensively it's, it's still the jury's still out on uh, Garoppolo and see how well he does. <laughs> I mean, I just yeah. hope, hope he stays healthy this year and we'll see how well he does after that. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it should be an interesting year. Just would like to see them make the playoffs. You know, I mean, I'm sad that they got rid of my favorite coach was Jim Harbaugh, and they got rid of him. So. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. I mean, I think it would be an interesting NFL season altogether. Yeah. Uh, I mean, with the Pat getting A B now, uh, I think they're they're the front runners to repeat and win the Super Bowl again. I think Tom will get seven. When you give him that many tools and options, I mean, it's hard to beat him. But uh, there are definitely some other good teams in the league that to make a make a good run at that Super Bowl. So oh, oh, we'll yeah. see. I'm interested, I'm interested to see how it all plays out. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested to see how it is. I mean, living here in New England with all, I live like I live <laughs> in like Pats fans and Giants fans because I'm like right on the border of Connecticut too. So it's like a split. Oh so, yeah, yeah. It's like living with. Some of the, sometimes the most annoying fans. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I can, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Yeah, I mean it's cool to watch Tom Brady, but like at the same time, it's like, ah, can we just? I want to see someone else win for once. You want to see somebody else? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, hey, I get it. That's yeah. that Golden State effect, you know? Yeah, it really is. It really is. All right, well, Kyle, I appreciate you, and I appreciate the time that you you've given me today. And I am one of your biggest fans now, and I can't wait to um, see you play this season. Yeah, yeah. Wherever you end up playing, I, I'm. If you end up on a G League team, I'll definitely have to either go to Springfield and catch a game or something like that. I'll make sure I'll catch one of your games. Yeah, sounds great, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, I had a good time. You know, chopping yeah. it up and stuff. So uh, it was fun. Same here, and uh, you're always welcome back on anytime. I would love to have you back on. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Just let me know. All right, sounds great. All right, Kyle, well, enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the weather out there. And it's not a rainy day out there, so enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to take advantage of these sunny days for sure. So appreciate <laughs> yeah. it, man. You enjoy the rest of your day and your weekend as well. And uh, we'll be in touch. Sounds great. Thank you so much. All right, yep, no problem. All right, bye. All right, that was today's episode with Kyle Randall. On Friday, I bring to you uh, another NBA G League player, um, Ishmael Sananago. Great interview with Ishmael. I was very lucky to connect with him and lucky to talk to him. He has a great career, and I can't wait for you guys to hear the episode, but I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode with Kyle. I hope you guys have a great Wednesday, and I'll see you Friday.